0: Welcome, everyone, to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking some all elite wrestling. I know, I know this podcast, when I set it up, I wasn't going to talk about WWE. I wasn't to talk about AEW. But honestly, I haven't watched much wrestling this week. I've only watched basically AEW. I watched the AEW Dynamite because Garrett Gonzalez and I do the Fight Game podcast for the Wrestling Observer site. and I was trying to think what I wanted to cover for this week. And on Wednesday on Dynamite, I saw, oh, shoot, there is a Battle of Belts. And I totally forgot about it. That was happening on Saturday. So I talked to Garrett. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to cover that Battle of Belts. He said, go for it. So that's what I did. So going to the Battle of Belts, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to cover Battle of Belts, I might as well watch Rampage on Friday. So I watched Rampage on Friday as well. So I'm going to talk about that here on the podcast um so yeah no indies this week no international stuff just talking all elite wrestling and i must say with all elite wrestling you know a lot of people might think I want to fail or something like that. I know a lot of people think I just hate all elite wrestling. I do not. I really want to succeed. I think it's doing great when it comes. I love the success it's having on pay-per-view. Um, success, even ratings-wise, considering, you know, for the key demo, I understand what that means. Though I still think, you know, the overall rating is very important. And a lot of people kind of forget that. And it shows a lot with that overall rating. Um, that they can't get over that million hump or rampage last week only did 375,000 in their normal time spot no changes uh, so all elite has a lot of work to do and I think a lot of it has to do with the overbooking and the crash tv style that just just not working a lot of stuff is just thrown out there and and it gets kind of confusing and i watch you know for me that's in the nose i'm confused now what about a fan that's kind of a casual viewer and there are still casual viewers of their product everyone kind of seems to believe that aew fans are all smart they know everything they know what new japan is they know what ring of honor is they know every indie guy or any gal that comes up that's not really the case it's still a very small small percent of their audience that is that hardcore you know audience i still think they 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 captured some new fans i believe and a lot of these fans aren't just following everything you know they're just enjoying AEW. so i think a lot of people were turned off this in the uh around may leading into um the forbidden door pay-per-view like the whole stuff with the new japan stuff kind of just coming in and being the focus and then there's ring of honor stuff it just like it leaves the fans confused and just like the wwe when they created two world titles it's still very confusing for a lot of people because what's more important which title is important um you know it's been one of our complaints as fans for a very long time and AEW is doing the exact same thing they have one AEW World Champion, but there's a ROH World Champion. Um there's two women's champions, there's multiple tag team champions. It's and now they're creating a trios title, but there's also a trios title in Ring of Honor or six-man tag Arena. I don't know. It's just just so confusing. And the booking has been just a lot of hot shooting. Hot shot Trying to throw gimmick match after gimmick match. Like this past week on Dynamite, we had a dumpster match. Friday on Rampage, we had a street fight tag team match. Um, Next week on Dynamite, we're having a casket match. And a tornado tag team match. Even on Rampage, though there's one quote unquote gimmick match. The street fight tag team match. Sean Moxley and Mance Warner might as well have been a street fight as well because they didn't give a shit about the rules. And and I want to talk about that real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on Rampage, but this show was not a good show, in my opinion. Um, Mance Warner I saw back at MLW, and I liked him. He was different than a lot of people. Um, I liked his promos. There was something there. There is something still there. And so I was... Really looking forward to uh his match with John Moxley. i say I'm gonna you know, that's one of the reasons also why I was gonna tune in. I really want to see how he's gonna do. I kinda already kind of knew what was gonna happen, like this the matches because John Moxley's matches are very, very similar. Um it's gonna be crazy all over the place on the floor rules won't really apply even though it's a rules like there's not a no like it's not a no disqualification match it still doesn't matter to him they're just still gonna do a bunch of stuff it's like no one has the balls to tell john no like and you know save it for when there's a a, a, a stipulation allows you to do all this craziness but no he's just gonna do his thing and i i figured exa- and we got exactly what i expected in this john moxie man's warner match but I am mostly looking for Mans Warren's performances. Does it will will, will it will warrant him being signed to AEW? Um so actually first I just saw on my YouTube page when I was scrolling through YouTube on Thursday night. I saw there's a special <laughs> Dark Elevation, which I, I didn't remember them even talking about that on Dynamite. And I saw there's like a couple matches on there, and but one of the matches was uh Mance Warner versus Serpentor, or whatever the hell his name is. The job guy with the other job guy, Dr. Luther. And I was like, I was like, okay, let me watch this match. I'm curious to see how they book it. Now, then the, what they should have done is just have Mance Warner go in there and destroy Serpentor because Serpentor doesn't beat anyone, he's a joke. Um, he's a you know a skinny little guy in a mask. And Warner uh he, he has this big match coming up on Rampage, right? So the match with Serpent Serpentor is you know going okay at first. And you know, Luther distracts and Serpentor takes over, which is fine for a little bit. And I figure okay, now Mans Warner's gonna turn the tide and just beat him. No. Put a good amount on heat there. Master makes a comeback. Serpentor stops him again. Twice for this match versus Job guy. You're gonna. Tr- I mean, I know the hard- only the hardcores, the hardcores are really watching elevation. No one really saw this, right? So it really didn't affect anyone's perception going to the match on Friday. But like, should you book it? Like it should. Be? They should. Like you book it. Like people are watching this and people are want to see who this guy is. And it should have been just a dominant win. You could showed highlights of that dominant win over Serpentor like earlier in the night before his match with uh John Moxley on Rampage. So again, I I someone I don't know who's aging these matches. Who's going to Tony and say, Tony, they want to do this? We don't want them to do it. This is why. Or someone needs to say something, right? Like, it's just why are you having Serpentor first get along a. a it's not a super long heat, but it was, it was way too long that a guy of his level should have on a guy that you're just bringing in to, to face your champion, even though it's a non-title match. You know, he should have been just a little bit of offense and his butt kicked, and that's it. Mancer wins, arm raise, going into Friday. Just, I, don't, I just don't get it. I don't know what's going on over there. It drives me insane. So this match with John Moxley is, is what we got. On the floor already. Brawling all over the ring. They get in the ring. Bell finally rings. You know, more brawling on the ring. It's it's a straight-up match. It's a title eliminator match, meaning if Mance Warner beats John Moxley, he'll enter, earn an interim towel shot. I mean, that's kind of already – Everyone kind of already knows if a a, a champion's a, in a non-title match, but he gets beat. The guy that beats him probably going to be a normal contender or get a good title shot after that. So, but you know, I like it. They, they might kind of make a little something out of it. The uh, title eliminator, it's cute, it's flashy. I like it. Um, and, you know, it's it's not like an old term. I mean, they use it for boxing and and stuff like that. So, I, I, I like that aspect of it. Um, but you know, they're brawling in the ring. There's suplexes on chairs moxley's grabbing the steps and you know flipping it on its side or, or bringing it out to use it and it's like and i know you're like well WWE is steps all the time and there's no disqualification because well, the steps are still there and it's you know there it's just it's there in place and they're taking advantage of their surroundings He's literally using it as a weapon. You know, like you, there's could be some there's a gray area when a guy uh, when the steps are there and a guy suplexes someone into it or slams a guy's head into it. I don't know. But like when you actually get the steps and you flip it on the side and trying to do something, I don't know. And it plus again, what I'm so confused about is like later that night, we're having a street fight. For. I don't know if it was for the tag titles or what, but it was a street fight anyways. It was a street fight. And these guys are doing everything in the world. You know, Mox starts bleeding. And he didn't, he, this wasn't, um, you know, he didn't gig himself here. It was just, you know, his scar tissue. Because he's doing all these death matches on weekends. And, and you know, he's always bleeds in matches. He just Now he just bleeds because of scar tissue. It's just, it's just opening up. So it wasn't, and that's what it was. That's why it wasn't like a lot of blood coming out. It was just trickling out for him. But Warner goes to the floor, comes out gushing blood and it's like my god what are these poor guys supposed to do later in the evening right um warner where i was impressed in MLW, i was not over impressed here it's those punches he's trying to throw you know these like he's these these stiff straight punches, but they don't look good. Like just throw a good working punch would look way better. Um, just just indie. Like I I, I thought he was kind of exposed here in this match, and I, I I don't know. I think he needs to be. I think if Tony's going to sign him, I think you sign him to Ring of Honor contract deal, and you kind of you know try to help. Hopefully, makes a name with the Ring of Honor. And you can build him, you know, maybe gets better and more seasoning. Whatever TV deal they end up getting or some kind of show, like put him under that kind of contract and bring him back. Because I also think right now, like signing him, what's going to happen? He'll be in the middle. He'll be on dark elevation or dark, whatever the hell. Um, he's, He'd just be lost in the shuffle. And honestly, there's a lot more better guys than him that you should be using. Like, I can't believe like, we haven't seen some of Joe on television. You know, he's at the pay-per-view der- death before dishonor, Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Where's he at? You know? um, It's just, it's just, I didn't get this. It was, it, I was just really, left with me the bad taste in my mouth. And, I just kept thinking like, why would you book this match if you're gonna have a street fight later? And it, and it just takes away for what those guys are gonna do later in, in the evening. And they, and they had to do a bunch of plunder just to kind of set themselves apart. and But at the time, like, we already saw blood over here. You know, we already saw uh, furniture and stuff with the with the match with Moxley and Mancer. So, I don't know. Just, I don't think, like, why even do this match? Like, what was the reason? I know they get Mox on Rampage because Rampage, like I said, last week did a shitty number. And I don't know if Mox is going to get him... Past that 400,000 mark. We'll see. I'm really curious about the Rampage rating. You know. I want to see if. 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 Mox can. If it even. Did anything to improve. The rating. A match that. I, I don't think was advertised. Was. On this show. Kanosuke Takesh. Takeshka. Versus Ryan Namath. And Takeshka has a. ROH world title match. On Battle of the Belts. Which is. Going to air on Saturday. And <laughs> when they announced last week that Takeshka was getting a ROH world title shot. I was like, why? He's only lost in AW. And I know you might say, well, John, he's won some dark matches. Well, who gives a f-? No one cares about that, right? No one cares. No one's seen him. You know, I remember they showed highlights of him beating Brandon Cutler. Like, big deal. Right, so my my broadcast partner Garrett, my podcast partner broadcast partner, my podcast partner, Garrett Gonzalez, uh on the fight game podcast, he loves to catch. I like him too. this guy's a town i I've seen him many times, like he's not new to me like I've seen him in d t um I remember when he was debuted, and I remember seeing some of his bigger match. I remember the match with Okada he had when he was. You know, a, a young kid coming up. He's still young. He's only twenty six, and, and and Garrett just, just likes loves this kid because he always puts on good matches, and he just always comes up short. and And that's like he and Garrett just feels like that's his. That's what they want from him, and and that's okay. But for, it's just weird with Takeshka because he's been a star in DET, like. Now he's doing almost like the young boy excursion thing. I know he's on excursion, but to me, he's not the young boy coming up. He's the established main eventer of the DT promotion. So instead of booking him like a young boy on excursion, I would book him like the great Muda, not in with gimmick and mist and all that stuff. But instead of being defeated every match, be make him undefeated and build up to a big championship match before he goes back to Japan, whenever that is, or a couple of them, you know, he can lose a couple of those big matches before he leaves. So if the theory is that Garrett, kind of, well, I think he, I think he's kind, of, he thinks this might be his gimmick. Like he's just he's the young kid fighting, uh, always gives all, always puts on a great match, but in the end he just comes up short. And I, I just don't think that's true. I don't think Tony Khan had this vision. I don't think Tony. Even thought that way, I think he just thinks, "Oh, he's gonna go have a good match," and when he does, he always has a really good match. So, but let's just say Tony Khan is that good of a booker to think, like I'm gonna build this guy up. He's gonna lose a lot. Always show heart. Always show fire. Always gonna be close to win, but he just comes up short. And when he does win, it's gonna be such a special moment. Now, maybe that, maybe that's his plan. It's, let's say that's his plan. Well, if that's the plan for uh, Takeshka to keep losing and put up a fight and nearly win and finally get that big win, you don't do the big win over Ryan Nemeth. Ryan Nemeth is a good talent. But beating Ryan Nemeth does not mean anything in AEW. It doesn't. And here we are. Because I think, this is why I think would happen, why Takeshka and Ryan Names match happened on this show. Is because last week, when it was announced that Takeshka's getting a title shot for the Ring of Honor title shot against Claudio, I think Tony Khan, you know, opened up the Twitter the Twitter the Twitter machine, whatever you want to call it. And he was like and he saw the people like why This guy's good, but he hasn't won a match. Why is he getting tile shot? Why is he getting tile shot? Why is he getting tile shot? And so now he's like, okay, well, he's gonna win here, and I'm gonna show he's a winner. But and then he's gonna get tile shot on the next night. This match was a good match. Takeshi and Ryan Namath, right? Like I said, Ryan Namath knows his role. Excuse me, sorry about that. Knows his role. Knows does it really well. And they had a nice little quick match. It was perfect. But then. It's AEW. There has to be an afterbirth, and here here it comes with Peter Avalon, who is part of Ryan Namitz and in in some kind of tag team or group, I believe. I think there's a. I think there was a B- Caesar Baroni was in in it at one point. I forget what they were called, but here comes Peter Avalon. He attacks Takeshka, but Takeshka turns tables and and leaves him laying. The problem is like you didn't need this. That you didn't need this. It didn't it did nothing for Takeshka. Um the problem is Peter Avalon came in and he's just playing heel wrestler. It's so over the top, so phony looking, so fake. And he comes in with this, this over the top, I'm the bad guy expression and I'm going to attack you. And it just does nothing. You could have, you know, as what happened in the match, Avalon interfered, a little cutoff for the cutoff. Namath got a little heat, but then Keshka turned tables and won. What we could have done is Keshka making this big comeback. Boom, boom, boom. Here comes Avalon, pop on the apron and kind of de- try to, you know, interfere. Keshka knocks does that big knee, knocks him off the apron. You know, ducks a clothesline from uh Namath, hits that, catches him in that blue thunder bomb, one, two, three. So then you accomplish what you need to accomplish. You you accomplish, you know. Takeshka taking out Avalon for the pop, then you and you and you accomplish him getting a win over Namath. But again, he won, but it had zero impact. Zero impact for for it, it's, didn't really nothing for him all, all in all. It, now, if it was a someone a big player in AEW or someone higher, higher, higher in the cards, yeah, it would have meant something. But no one's gonna remember this. Uh, and it's just too late, too late for the win. So, next match, man, this one has to be seen to believe. Madison Reign versus Layla Gray. Madison Ray, Rain has been was hired as the uh, liaison between, I guess, the female talent and then Tony Khan. Uh, Tony Khan has heard, and a lot of people's complaints about him, is that there's no communication, right? There's lack of communication there. So he's hired these coaches to be the lazy, the liaison, <laughs> liaison, excuse me, to the talent. Easy for me to say. There's like Sanjay Duck, QT Marshall, Madison Rain. So they keep calling her coach. Coach Madison Rain. She's the coach of the AEW Williams Division. What does that mean to the wrestling viewer? A coach is someone has a Who's coaching someone, who's helping them with strategy, with training, um, preparing them for the, the their next big bout, a coach of a whole division, so is she helping everyone out with their strategies, with their training? So when Chris Statlander challenges Jade Cargill for the TV's title, is she coaching Chris Statlander? Only because she's challenging. Or she's coaching the champion Jake Cargill's retain. It makes no damn sense. If you want to call her the matchmaker of the women's division, that could work. The commissioner of the women's division, that can work. But coach? Freaking nonsense. And then you have this match with Madison Rain versus Layla Gray. Madison Ray was on dynamite. She was confronted by Jade Cargill and Stokey Hathaway. And Rain was looking to you know step up to Jade, but Jade's like, I don't, you know, you're not in my my league. So let's have her wrestle our baddie in training, Layla Gray. So that's the match on Rampage. And like I said, you have to see this match. It is an embarrassment embarrassment that it happened on national television. Oh this looked to me like a semi pro Tuesday night match at a wrestling school. There's just they're just slowly going through holds and counter holds and moves. There's nothing no struggle. The opening like waist lock You know, reversal, waist locks of reversal is, oh my gosh. It just, it was like slow motion. It was like, they're they're just, they're just going over the match in the back. Or like I said, on, at wrestling school, let's just go through the whole match and, 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 and go through. And, and let's, let's talk about spots and shit, right? What works and we'll take something out, but there's some live TV, the Gray, beautiful girl. But damn, she's not ready for this spot. This is bare this was embarrassing. And they keep and the you know <laughs> the Jim Ross and and Scalber and Taz and whoever the hell they also, Tony Schiavani all talking about 17-year veteran from Aston Rain. And it's like she did not look like a 17-year veteran out there. She didn't look good at all. She might have been slowing down. Slowing it down because of Layla's inexperience. But come on, there's a veteran knows to slow it down, but still not look like they're at, you know, they're at, just fresh out of wrestling school or semi pro camp. Man. And now we have Mazarin challenging Layla, uh, sorry, challenging Jay Cargill at Dynamite for the TBS women's title. And let's just hope that's just. Jay Cargo just destroys her quickly and she should. And then Madison Rain can go into whatever coaching duties she has. And, you know, probably best not to be an on screen character at this point. If she just, she just should be the person that, you know, that helps Tony Khan with the women's division and be that communication line between them. So. This was really, really bad. And Layla Gray, I mean, I think she's trained at OVW. And this is not the OVW of the you know, Danny Davis, Jim Cornette system. This is Al Snow System. And I, uh, one of my earlier take it home podcasts, I actually covered OVW TV and it is a bad show. Extremely bad. Like embarrassing bad. Um for the like ninety percent of it. <laughs> Maybe ninety five percent of it, it's that bad, so yeah, I, Alice, Alice, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's a good trainer. I don't know who else is training, but it, it's just these, she should not be out there. She should, Lady Grey should not be out there at this time. The main event was a street fight after you saw all the chairs and the steps and blood and the opener. So now you're ready for a street fight, right? So there's a bunch of plunder, this one, but I almost I lost interest within seconds. This match started when I saw Josh Woods who's not even established at all yet on AW television. He's been on Dark and Elevation. Like I said, no one's watching those. And Josh Woods, is legit shooter, big muscular kid, a big kid. He, and he looks like he can you know, fuck someone up, and he can. He steps up to Keith Lee right in the beginning on the floor, goes up to him, just pushes Keith Lee. Keith Lee doesn't move an inch. Keith Lee just lifts up both hands, does a big double chop, and Joshua goes down. Boom, takes a big bump. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> right off the bat, just... This kid means nothing here. I mean, come on. So I was basically done. I started basically fast forwarding this because it's just plunder. Tony Neese is throwing powder, protein powder, which is cute because they're athletes and body guys. And they had powder is probably what they're throwing is protein powder. Um, It just was just silliness. And there's Mark Sterling jumping through a table and – just, I just couldn't handle it. And I just turned it off. So, that was Rampage. I'm curious to see what the ratings to be. I assume it's going to be better than 375,000 viewers. I'm guessing. I'm going to say it's going to be 425. That's my guess. If Paul Fontaine's listening, uh, he'll remind me what I said on this one. But I think it's going to be around 425. I I, I want to see if it's going to be higher than I want to see if it's going to get the 500. Uh, is, I want to see that Moxie really has that star power, right? He should. It should make a big difference when Moxie's on this car because he is a top star, one of the top stars, top three at, at least, right? So we'll see what happens here. And then does the plunder help is we'll see. So that was Rampage. <laughs> I rarely watch Rampage, and this reminded me why I don't watch it. I mean, Garrett doesn't watch it at all. It's because he knows it's like a throwaway show. I know a lot of people that won't watch it because it's just a throwaway show. And and you when the when they see a, a rating like last week, three hundred seventy-five thousand overall viewers, you gonna have to look at yourselves. Tony Khan has to look at himself for just causing this because the booking of the show, the matches that he's put on for months. You know, have been have been just unimportant for anyone to really check out. They don't need to really see them. And this show started off with a one point something rating with CM Punk's return, and it's how that's how we went over a million viewers down to three hundred seventy five thousand. That's that's a that's a that's a big deal. And, and I know there's DVR viewers, and that does that is important. But still, man, that's that's a huge drop. A real huge drop, and I mean, you know, NXT is still doing six hundred thousand at least, right? So we'll see. I mean, I hope, I hope that it goes up for him. But I'm I'm curious to see the rating on that, and also curious to see the rating on on the Battle of the Belts. Before 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 I get to Battle of the Belts, I'm gonna talk about Fight Game Media Plus Patreon, five dollars a month. If you join, you get a lot of great content. I have a show on there with Gary Gonzalez. Uh, we're covering the Raw Review 1998 and we're looking at all the match, all the sh- all the Raw's from 1998. We're covering the pay-per-views as well. We just covered Fully Loaded which took place in Fresno, California. I went to that show live so I gave a live perspective of it. Uh, it was fun to go back and watch that pay-per-view. I haven't seen that pay-per-view gosh, probably since 1998. I know I did watch it on video after I was there live but um it, you know, it's been a lot of fun rewatching, rewatching RAW and seeing how like just it just the crash TV element is just crazy, and the star power is still amazing. Seeing Rock ascend and Austin on fire, Kane like I, Kane like was, just, was such a cool gimmick when he first came in. He just looked so awesome, and uh, it's it's been interesting. We're right in the middle of brawl for all right now, so it's kind of wacky. But also on the Patreon, you get more than that. You get the shows that cover mixed martial arts and boxing. You get the Brace for Impact podcast with uh, Mike Gilbert and JD Oliva. You get the Dynamite Show with Jeff Hawkins and Paul Fontaine, um, and you just and you get the the, the five star Joshi show with Scott. I mean, we got just stuff just going crazy. On the on the fight game Media a plus, and it's, like I said, it's five dollars. Give us a shot. I think you're really going to enjoy what we got, and there's all this great variety on that Patreon. And again, five bucks, not a huge risk for a whole month. A lot of great content. Give it a shot. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. I understand. You know, money's tight, inflation's up. You know, like <laughs> I get it, but. I think once you get on it, you're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. Now, let's talk about Bella Belts. This show was a lot, was much more enjoyable than Rampage. Three matches, an hour, you know, there's no, there's no backstage skits. Like, on. I didn't even talk about Rampage. There was a, there was a, a skit, or skit. There was a, a backstage pre-tape with, uh, uh, the best friends, orange Cassie's sitting there he's he's been injured by lethal, and he's just but he's just sitting there with his you know getting his leg leg wrapped. but he doesn't care because he's you know he's orange Cassie and he's cool. The best friends are doing like, hey guys, we're gonna be we're, we're better as a team, especially all three of us. We should should be in the trios tournament. Just so cheesy. Like this made air, right? This, this pre-tape, this backstage segment is as silly as the same stuff happens in WWE. Where people will just jump on them for all their craziness. And they deserve it because it was stupid stuff. This was equal to 24-7 stuff. That's how bad this was. They shot this and said, this is great. I don't know, just Chuck Taylor. I just don't get it. I don't get him. What a waste of time. Just and then Dan Danhausen shows up, and it's a gag because it's just fucking nonsense. I fucking hated it. Anyways, so like I said, this show was matches, and and that's it. And uh, which, which made it a very enjoyable show. It's just a quick one hour show, but at the same time, Battle of the Belts when it was announced, it, it sounded pretty exciting. Like Battle of the Belts, cool. I, I I love the the original Battle of the Belts from Florida. Those are great show. Those are the precursor to Class of Champions for an NWA slash WCW. And we thought, hey, AEW Battle of the Belts, it's going to be something similar. No, it's just an hour and of just. The most random matches most random championships like when the first show they did i think battle belts was the ftw titles online you know this you know this is it's almost like a throwaway show really and if you look at this you had three matches one match actually had some interest i think for the fans because it's technically been built to because there's history and that was Jamie Hayter challenging for the women's title against Thunder Rosa because Jamie Hayter, of course, being the the muscle for Britt Baker, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa have this long feud. So you know that there's a connect, there's a connective story there, and you know that so there's a, a good reason for that match to happen. Jay Lethal challenging. Wardlow for the TNT title, like I just the last time we saw Jay Lethal before he won on Dynamite was he lost the T the T V ROH title match to uh Samoa Joe at the pay-per-view. So I think if he's gonna get this shot, why is he in fuck, I don't know, it just, it just makes my head hurt. So what we hear TNT title match Warlow versus Jay Lethal. And I really think the match with Orange Cassie hurt Wardlow. You know, Wardlow was on fire coming out of that, going into the match with MGF and going out of the match with MGF and win the TNT title. All you have to do is keep running him out there and keep destroying people until you finally get him into a, another feud with someone that's a good enough heel that's going to keep that heat. Um and. <laughs> That's what people want to see from him. They want to see him go in, smash people. They think it's gonna sell. They want to see himself for a little bit, and they want to see the powerbomb symphony. Symphony. This match here, I love Jay Lethal. I think he's great. I think he's a really good promo, good worker. But this match here was went went way too long, even with Jay Lethal in there. It should have been one segment. Like I said, there could have been a little heat, you know, a little distraction by Sanjay Dud or Satnam gets a trip in or something. Lethal takes over for a bit, but then Warlow should beat him with the power bombs, right? And like I said, the fans don't want to see him sell long, Warlow sell long. They don't want to see, they want to see the power bomb symphony. But this match, we saw him sell long and we also saw one power bomb. The fans got up when they they finally got up when he hit the power bomb. Oh, they thought they're gonna get the symphony. They didn't. So he has to either kind of do it on guys he could probably still do it to. He probably could have done it to Lethal if it wasn't for maybe he was a little tired for the longer match. I don't know, but I think this match should have been one segment. Boom, done. And then the afterbirth of this match, <laughs> Duck comes in. Try attack Warlow. Warlow's on him. Here comes Satnam. Singh. sing. He stops Warlow. Now Lethal's on him. They, I think Lethal gets a figure four. Satnam's putting his foot on his, Warlow's chest, and Warlow can't move. But then he starts powering out a little bit. And but but but, but Dutt starts kicking him. So then Satnam puts his foot back down. Then they pick up Wardlow. Wardlow start makes a little comeback. And then he ends up I think he ends up kicking, satin him in the balls, knocking him down, going for the power bomb, and then and then uh and then like a lethal stopped him. That lethal stopped him, and then they got a table out. Fuck. This is the same tape against Rampage, by the way. So they saw tables and all this shit already and they they double triple power choke slam satin choke slam warlord to the table so i don't understand why tony Khan must have a a boner for table spots he must think like that's heat that's heat when someone gets put through a table it's not heat when it happens every fucking show um this is the reason ecw like i used to love ecw but you know, I love. But then, like, you know, 95, ninety five, ninety six was really good. Ninety, early ninety seven was still had some good momentum. But then became like every show this multiple chairs, multiple tables, blah blah. blah. It just started meaning nothing to me. And AW, same thing. We got tables every show. <laughs> every show, someone's getting laid out through a table or something like that. Remember when Luchasaurus is dumping people through tables and as a heel and He he's a heel for like two weeks with Christian, and now we have Satnam putting Warlow through a table. <laughs> just, just nonsense. Like I didn't think this did anything to even build up interest. They they want to see Warlow powerbomb Satnam, but they they did nothing to really make you want to see the match with this. You know, they could have done the same thing. You know, Warlow celebrates the championship. In comes Dutt. He starts getting on Wardlow, but Warlow stops him. But here comes Saturn from behind. Boom. Knocks him down, right? Saturn checks on Dutt, maybe for a little second. Wardlow kicks him in the Satin in the gut. Bends him over, goes for the powerbomb, and the fans start reacting. Oh shit, gonna powerbomb the seven foot four giant! But quickly, boom, Satnam on his own powers out of the of the powerbomb backdrops. Fucking Wardlow, Wardlow goes crashing. Now Dutt and Lethal are kicking the shit out of Wardlow. They pick up Wardlow, they toss him into Satnam. Satnam gets him in the choke slam, boom, choke slams in the ring, boom. That's it. No table. A choke from a seven foot four guy should be devastating enough. People, don't overbook this shit. And when this was happening, when Wardlow was there, it was taking forever to get his table out to, to put Wardlow through it. No officials, no security, no one stopping him, not stopping his heels from doing it. It just looks so fake and so goofy. There's no heat. There's no chaos. Right? It's just. It's just. Choreographed nonsense, and that's what we got. So, I thought the match was a, was a letdown, you know. I like I said, I the crowd was tired, and well, one they saw so much plunder and chaos the first hour, and now you're and now you're trying to get a pop out of them for the table, right? <laughs> and then Wardle comes out, and most of this match, there's a lot of crowd sweetening on this, on this show because the crowd's tired, just sitting there. There's crowd reaction, there's crowd noise, but you look in the audience and their fans are sitting on their hands, and so it happens in WWE, it happens here, folks. You know, it's just the way it is. But I, I think I did not think this did anything to really build up any interest in that match. I think they think it's a big match. This doesn't feel like a big match. It could be if you know you build it for all out and kept it, you know. Goldberg versus giant short and just needs to be high impact. And as Goldberg, you know, picked up the giant for the, the jackhammer and, and, you know, same thing, you know, if if they can, if Warlow could do it and they could do do it, fuck, that's going to be a moment, right? I was there live for a a Goldberg uh, giant match in Oakland. It's a long thunder TV taping. It was a horrible thunder, but, the main event was the giant and Goldberg in a, in a non-televised match. And that was a, the third loudest crowd reaction I've ever heard in any kind of, um, combat sport event or light, you know, wrestling event. Sure. The loudest is Steve Austin still. Um, the second loudest ever pop I ever heard was for Uriah uh, Faber in Sacramento. And then my third was Goldberg, you know, in the, his height in 98. And it was a quick, simple match with the giant. boom, boom. Boom. You know, got on Giant, got on uh, Goldberg for a bit. Goldberg made a comeback. Spear, Jack, Aaron, one, two, three. You could do the same thing on the pay per view with you know Warlord versus Satnam. And they're like, oh my god, you could suck. You gotta have great matches. It's not sometimes it's not about having a great match. There are gonna be plenty of great matches on that pay per view and all out. There are gonna be bloody matches are gonna get way much too much time. And there's gonna be a million moves. How about one match? You just continue to get over Wardlow as a major superstar. Next up was uh, the match. I said that's probably the most, as a a, a loyal AEW viewer would, would be interested. Uh, Thunder Rosa defending her women's title against Jamie Hater. Like I said, the history there. Hater is part of that Britt Baker group, and they've been feuding with Thunder Rosa for well over a year and a half now. And so this match had some interest as an AEW viewer. And, you know, Hader jumpstarts Rosa <laughs> off the bat. Oh, my gosh. Where have we seen that before? Uh, there's some decent heat early on by Hader. Then Rosa made a comeback with, a, with one good-looking dropkick then one really bad-looking dropkick. They're, they're both crowded, no space. <sighs> there was a DT on the floor by Dunder Rosa, and Thunder brings her back in the ring, and it's just a two-count. It's like a DT on the floor should be a big deal. No, it's just you know, transition to the next thing. Rosa goes to the top, but she's distracted by Britt Baker with the women's because Britt Baker is holding her women's title on the floor. Hater knocks her off. Hater hits a rock bottom on the steps, and we go to commercial break. That was the break spot, <laughs> and again meant nothing. That 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 should be a big deal, like, you know when a woman gets throwing on the steps like that, it should be a big deal. It should be like an injury angle or something, right? It be stretching her out, and building to a big rematch. But no. Hater, this now I'm going in the break spot, but it's picture picture. I'm watching I want to see what they're gonna do next. Hater rolls her in and doesn't even go for a does doesn't go for a, a pin. Just keeps picking her up, continues to heat on her a little bit. Hater did hit a sweet looking brain buster that I liked. Um Towards the finish, Britt interferes and starts attacking uh, Thunder Rosa from the outside. Well, Hater has the referee distracted, Maybe Rebels up there too as well. <clears throat> and then Tony Storm, who's oh, sorry forgot to mention, Tony Storm came out with Thunder Rosa, you know, Thunderstorm to watch her back. And so she starts fighting with Hater. Hater gets the advantage, and but then Tony Storm quickly—it's a swinging DT on the floor. And then as haters she sees it and she's looking on, Thunderosa gets a sunset flip, one, two, kick out by Hater, goes for then Thunderosa rolls through, gets the Oklahoma one, two, and then they go for the, the Casa de Dora, whatever it's called, and she gets the pin. Um, I thought they could have just went right to the pin right with that first sunset flip. I didn't think you need to do the whole, you know, roll out, two count, roll and then finally the finish. I thought like just Boom, quick, quick, boom, boom. Like, swing DET, Hayes looking out, roll up with Thunder, one, two. And then, well, shit, you can't do. If you didn't do the afterbirth of the match with Lethal and Ward, though, you could have done an afterbirth here and really kind of built up something. But it's just. It was just. Uh, it, thunder Rose, I, I like Melissa personally, but it's just. She has a lot of ways to go. And Hater... Hater has a lot of charisma. She has a lot of charisma, a lot of physical charisma, a lot of personality in there. Great look. I mean, Thunder Rose has a great look too, but... Hater really does have something. But she's raw as well. And I hope she figures out. I don't know if she's ever going to figure out in this environment, but... I mean, when she was... Right when the pandemic hit, and... You know, she was there early on in AEW... I thought, like, man, she's a free agent. I'm, I'm surprised WWE didn't get her, but maybe they never released her from her contract. I know they released Sadie Gibbs, I believe, which I don't know whatever happened to her, but um, I, I thought she for sure she was going to end up in WWE. But, and I thought Jamie Hater would end up in WWE as well, but that never happened. But I I think if I'm WWE, you know, she's a person I'd go for, for that division. I, I, I definitely would have her in, in NXT first, and, you know, definitely in the PC for sure, I mean, and get get working on working on her character and, and, and ring, most importantly, and then also, you know, hopefully by then they'll be doing more of these coconut loops and get some get some time in the ring, you know. And so, and that seems to be what the direction they're going. And then I don't think it would take long for her to kind of get with it, and I think she would do really well in WWE. But we'll see what happens. It's it's definitely an interesting interesting game now with. No pun intended. With Triple H now in charge of creative and talent ratios, you know you see him already bringing back some people that were released, and I think he's going to be very aggressive when it comes to AW free agents. So um, I can see a Wardlow coming over. I can see it, well MGF. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he has signed a new signed a new contract already, so he's going to probably be locked up for a while. But he's still very young, so. Next time that deals up, you know he's still going to be, you know, good age and Triple H kind of already sees or been showing like it doesn't really matter how old you are; it just matters if you have talent. So, I'm um, actually been really excited for WWE. I don't know if I'm, I still haven't watched. I just like I watched SmackDown for like a little bit, like a like a. I got spo- Garrett was texting me, and he kind of spoiled me on the the Killer Cross or Carrying Cross return. But I wanted to fast forward SmackDown. Uh, I did see the t- return. That-, that was cool. I like Kerry Cross, so I'm happy he's back and Scarlett's back. I thought I thought they got done dirty, honestly, when they got me main- up to the main roster. And uh, Triple H has always seen something in him, and and there is something in him. I think a lot of- a lot of there's a lot of hate for him. I think maybe it's because some of his views on a, you know outside of wrestling, a lot of people don't agree with. And you know I'm not a- I don't agree with either. But I I you know, as a talent as a wrestler, I think there's a lot there. Um and sure he has some weaknesses, but I think well that's why a good booker would put him with people that can cover those weaknesses or it just emphasize his strengths, right? And there's a lot of good workers in WWE that could do that for Karen Cross, you know, like Drew McIntyre, for instance, who he tacked. And and you know if you do it right, there's a big match with Roman, you know, down the line, and gives Roman someone fresh to work with, and Roman needs some fresh people to work with. In WWE, so that'll be something to watch. I, like I said, I don't know if I can hang for a three-hour RAW or even even a SmackDown on a Friday because I have to do stuff. Just I watch something else or do something life or whatever. But it it's just I I I'm I'm checking them, keeping a little more closer tie, uh, closer uh, closer eyes on the WWE products. So, but we're not talking WWE. We're talking we're talking. AEW Battle of the Belt and here's the main event Claudio Castanelli versus Kanosuke Takeshka and this is what was expected a really damn good wrestling match um, and it's and it was really good but the you know the result was never in doubt um, so that kind of took the took the excitement away from me I just knew it was a good and it was a good match really good Takeshka man he's a talented guy he's always been talented and even, even, I guess like Garrett, I remember Garrett was talking about this. He's like, he's, such a, he's a big fan of Takeshka. We also know he's not going to win, so he'd rather do something else on a Friday night, right? Like, and I get that. I get it. And, and that's the thing. Like, you present Takeshka as the guy that always comes to short. Claudio just got there. And... You know, he's has this momentum. I don't even think even the the most casual fan would think that Kish had a chance, right? So really good match. This is definitely worth going out of the way to see if you just want to see a really good wrestling match. And they delivered a hell of a wrestling match. Probably, one of, probably the best wrestling match of all the AEW shows this week. And last week, too, as well. Because that Dynamite did not like. And even the week before, that Dynamite wasn't that good. Um, I actually thought it was way better than um, Dan Garcia and Brian Danielson. A lot of people love that match. I thought this match was like you know, a few, way about four steps ahead of that one. So, really good. Check it out. You know, for those who just want to watch good wrestling matches, this is definitely it. Claudio's fantastic, Takeshka is amazing, and he should be winning more and maybe you can uh, build up to a title shot it could build up to actually a world title shot that means something it doesn't have to be on a pay-per-view but it can mean uh, if done right i think Takeshka could could draw a rating with moxley or whoever's a champion you know when he challenges for a title so that was taken on podcast this week i hope you enjoyed my look at all elite wrestling and and um my critiques of it like i said I'm not against AEW. I I, I want nothing but su- success for them. But I'm a you know, I'm not gonna sit here and just be like, yeah, that was great. That was great. That was awesome. That was awesome. No, I'm there. There's something that's not been done right. I'm gonna call it out. Right. That's what critics do. You want that. You don't want to hear a show that's like, yeah, yeah, everyone's rah rah, yeah, rah rah. Well, this one's kind of cool, but it's fine. You don't want that. You don't want that. You want. Someone to be critical, right? I love Star Wars, right? I'm a big Star Wars geek, you know. And you know, I love the movies, but I can understand where they're not, you know, cinema classics for a lot. You know, I'm not saying, you know, like the like the prequels. A lot of people hate the prequels. A lot of critics bashed them. And I get why they were bashed, but for me I enjoy them. And does I do I hate those critics or not like it? No, they're being critical. That's their job. Same thing here with with that how you know my experience in wrestling and i just point out what I'm the flaws i'm seeing especially in the booking yeah uh it's just so hot shot so hot shot and like i said get it continues next week it's like i'm it's just not it's like a dumpster match a coffin match tag team street fight tag team tornado fucking barbed wire everywhere match uh uh you know guys in shark cages it's just it's just over overdone. Like what's going to happen to pay per view, right? So we'll see. Anyways, thanks again for uh, listening. Appreciate your time out of your weekend to listen to Take It Home podcast. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on the show. Hit me up on Twitter at LaroccaJL. J L. That's L A R O C C A J L. Love to hear your feedback. So give it a shot. And once again, make sure check out that. Fight Game Media Plus Patreon, $5 a month, gives a shot. Everyone, have a good rest of your weekend. Take care. Be safe.